What's up, everybody? Mike Guyami, Sons of a Pitch, an American Soccer Podcast, here to bring you episode number 195, only five shy of 200, a big milestone ahead. This episode, we talk all things MLS recap of week number five, bring you my winners and losers since I forgot last week and uh, since we were so busy chatting, as well as a soccer-specific stadium discussion that got kindled up last night during our live that I want to touch on more during this regular podcast episode. Not to mention some news and notes and some schedule releasing for the Gold Cup. All right, guys, hang tight. Hit that like button down below. Smash that like button as well. Make sure you are subscribed. If you are on the podcast side, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. And let's get right into the business. We've got midweek games to cover as well as the uh, weekend. Starting all the way back on the 12th of May, Toronto FC hosting Columbus Crew SC. We were live for this one on uh, on Sons of a Pitch. And what a game it turned out to be. A, uh, a start of a little bit of a downfall here for the Columbus Crew. And Toronto FC finally gets their first win of the season. 2-0 goals by Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore. I think that's probably going to be the last time I ever say that in my life. In the same game, goals scored by the uh, by those two guys. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Now, for uh, looking at, uh, at, at the... The stats in this one, it was uh, it was all Toronto FC. Columbus just did not show up in Orlando uh, during this game. TFC with Soteldo finally uh, finally available uh, and getting some play there was uh, would good to see him in his debut. And we'll talk more about his play in New York at the weekend. So two nothing Toronto gets the victory. And then Miami and Montreal. Montreal gets a two nothing victory over Inter Miami. Bjorn Johnson with two goals, the new signing from Hyundai, uh, Olsen Hyundai over in South Korea gets both goals, a beautiful goal for number two, uh, a great, great goal. Really, really enjoyable uh, to see this guy doing well coming over from South Korea, an unheralded signing, one you're not expecting a ton out of, and uh, he did pretty well. He's starting to launch his uh his his career here in MLS. All right, we got Catherine on. Hey, how's it going? I am doing fantastic, Catherine. How are you? Brother BKL is on as well. Say, Brian W, how's it going, man? Uh, we'll be talking about your sounders later. We're talking about all things MLS week five as of right now. And there's Karen. How you doing, mom? Thanks for jumping on. All right, so uh, Montreal gets the victory in their pseudo home, even though it was technically an away game at Miami. And uh Beats Inter Miami 2 0. Philadelphia and New England play to a 1 1 draw. Uh, Shabilko in the 88th minute and Bunbury in the 85th. So two goals really, really late in uh, in that game. Very interesting uh, to see that game be as kind of as slow as it was for the uh, entire time. And then all of a sudden in the 85th minute, it breaks out and two goals are scored. Uh, but Philadelphia at home continues. They're just not getting the results at home that they should. Although New England looking good, uh, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, but uh, Philly and New England with the 1-1 draw. Houston is sporting Kansas City. Houston through Maxi Arruti in the 56th minute, get the goal 1-0 over Kansas City in Houston. Kansas City, you don't know what team you're going to get. Is it going to be the team that uh, that comes out and lays an egg against Houston, 
or is it the team that comes out and beats a team like Vancouver 3-0 or beats Austin FC uh, with a big comeback? Which team are you going to get? The consistency is the biggest issue for Sporting Kansas City right now, but Houston continues to grind out results, especially at home. And uh, they just kind of keep on hanging out there in the table, not at the bottom like everyone expected, including the odds makers back in the beginning of the uh, MLS season. I remember doing the the first uh, preview for Houston, and there were the worst worst odds in the league to win MLS Cup. So, uh, man, it was uh, it was crazy uh, seeing seeing Houston actually getting victories like they are. I expected them to be doing a lot worse this season. All right, Minnesota and Vancouver. Speaking of teams that uh, couldn't get it going. Uh, now, Minnesota, coming into this game, had not won a game yet. They finally get their victory. They win one nothing over Vancouver. Ramon Abila in the 72nd minute uh, with, the, uh, with the goal in a game that uh, they should have won by more. They were all over Vancouver the entire game. And uh, Vancouver just could not do anything about it. And Minnesota could not get the goal. But they finally did at the end of the game, at the 72nd minute. Abila, once he came in off the bench, really changed the entire game and uh, and did really well. So uh, Minnesota finally on the board, getting that victory, a one nothing victory. And this was the start of the uh, you know these one nothing victories out there. You want to talk about hurting the over-under chances. My God. Um uh, over-unders, it's it's turned from an over-league to an under-league. Troy Palomalu is on. How's it going, man? Cincinnati should get relegated and would love to see New Mexico get promoted. They got a good good team down there in New Mexico. I like, I like that team a lot. Uh, Minnesota finally off to Schneid. They get the victory over Vancouver. And again, who's not beating Vancouver? We'll talk more about them uh, in their matchup at, uh, at the weekend. Uh, but Minnesota finally at Allianz Field gets the victory. Wouldn't be the last one this week either. San Jose and Seattle. Seattle gets a goal through Christian Roldan in the 18th minute, beating San Jose at PayPal Park in San Jose. Stefan Fry, though, goes down in a very, very scary-looking incident. Thought uh, it actually seems to be better. It's a knee sprain um, than, uh, than what was uh, feared when he went off. Couldn't put any weight on his leg there. It did not look good at all. Hopefully, he won't be out too long, uh, but it didn't matter. Seattle with the 1-0 victory, another low-scoring game, and uh, Seattle just continues to win at top of the table as of right now. And we will, uh, we will explain that even further after you saw what they did on Sunday. Now for the last midweek game, you got DC United and the Chicago fire uh, DC and Chicago. God, the fire continue to suck. They can't get a win. They cannot pull it together and uh, DC United through Edison Flores in the seventh minute, get the one nothing victory. And there is another one nothing score line just keeps, uh, just keeps coming here. These one nothing score lines. It's funny doing the over under. So uh, for the all-star members, I do do a video for over under bets as well as prop bets. And uh, these over unders, usually in MLS, you pick the over. So far this season, that tide has turned. It is now looking like an under league. The defenders look better. The offensive players aren't scoring as many goals. And uh, it looks like it's a uh, it's an under type of league this season. And uh, maybe that's the case. We're going to have to revisit that one. But lots of one nothing score lines this, uh, this week. 
Chicago Fire over on the podcast side. You'll hear more about it from John Donovan, which uh, let's take a second for a quick sponsor break here very early in the show. But uh, since it is the uh, the Fire's only game this week uh, that we'll be discussing, we'll go into our sponsor break, and then John Donovan will explain the game for the Fire and his Fire update on the podcast side. This episode of Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast, brought to you by Nice Premium Iceland Pure Spring Water. Also by Donovan Food Brokerage, a sales and marketing firm focused on food service sales in the Midwest. And lastly, by Skira, Icelandic spring water available at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update, brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here. Always love to talk about the MLS and the Chicago Fire. Unfortunately, this week, it seems like the weeks are getting a little bit worse each week. Um, the Fire lost one to nothing to a 15-man um, D.C. United squad. They had a few substitutes, not like regular. They're inundated with injuries to some key players. Uh, the, uh, the game started, well, to... to Started off, the, the injury level is getting a little bit better. Collier is back. Ivanov is still injured. Alceda, I don't know what has happened to him. He's a DP, a young DP that mysteriously has not played for a while. So I, I don't know exactly what's happening in that in the injury world. Guys kind of disappear for whatever reasons. But they started the game with uh, Brian Gutierrez, who was one of the players that had a decent game um, playing. They had Pineda as a fullback, and they, they brought in Olmsberg again, who had a decent game. But the game started off in 7-12 of the first minute, uh, as has happened in the past. Navarro lost his mark, and the DP from D.C., a gentleman by the name of Flores from from Peru scored a very easy header. Um, it it uh, it's a fact that any team, wiki team that goes down by one goal, has never come back to win a game or even tie a game. So um, that was exceptionally bad news for the Fire. The Mike, I've always I, years ago, 2014, I ran into Chris Rolf, and I'll never forget this. He said to me that uh, Klopas had lost the locker room. And what does that mean? Well, what that means is players don't play as a team, and they start looking at themselves as the most important aspect of the team. They don't listen to the coach. They don't listen to overall plans. Um, and I, I honestly believe that that's what's happened with the fire. Um, they don't play as a team. The second half of this game was exceptionally bad. Jimenez went out after the first half. Uh, they say he went out on an injury. I didn't see the injury. Wiki post-interview had no idea what happened with the injury. Um, but they started Casa, who had a good preseason but did not play well. He was uh, manhandled by the D.C. professionals. It, it, it was not pretty. They just bumped him off the ball whenever he had the ball. And he made very errant passes. Where on the other part, our other homegrown player, Gutierrez, had two very strong chances. He hit the goalpost once, and he had sort of a double kick right in front of the goal that uh, the goalie was very fortunate. He was standing right where the ball went. 
Um, I would see Gutierrez as a possibility in the future. Um, the team, uh, you know, needs a spark desperately, Mike. I mean, they need somebody or something to give them a little bit of a different view. Um, Heights, the general manager, uh, who was the guy who named with the literally let down the city of Chicago with his structure of this team. They they were bad last year. They are worse this year. They are worse than all of those Pano teams that uh, that I saw play, which is really a, a, a bad declaration about a squad. Um, I would love to see C.J. Brown brought in here temporarily. Just to, He's in Chicago. See what he can do. Old CJ will not put up with what happened out there. The second half, as I said, was a disaster. Uh, Jimenez left uh, for what reason, I don't know. Um, there was, I believe, no shots on goal. They have not scored in three games. Um, Sekulek, who always has been one of their stronger players, was not really in the game in the second half. He'd lose the ball, wouldn't get it back. Um, he, he just didn't seem to be in the game. So... My suspicion is this this coach has lost this team. They don't see possibilities of winning with under Wiki. Um, there really needs to be changes made, and I thought they'd do it now because they've got an extra couple of days. But uh, if Joe Montuelo does this all the way through, I mean, this team potentially could not win a game. Um, so we will have to just have to see where we go. Thank you very much, Mike. Really enjoy it. Let's go fire. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. All right. So moving into the weekend, we've got uh, New York City FC and Toronto FC. This one finishes in a 1-1 draw. A goal by Jesus Medina in the 53rd minute. Jacob Schaffelberg, a goal in the 74th minute to tie it up for TFC. Controversy all over the place in this one. New York City deserved more than the one point in this game. But that is that funny game called soccer, man. It always uh it's 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 always a crapshoot. You can completely dominate a game and still end up on the losing side. Uh in this one, New York City completely dominated this game. Alex Bono may have seen his last days in goal for Toronto FC. Uh he's been given the starters job by Chris Armis. A lot of fans are very unhappy about that, especially with the blunder that he had against New York City um, on that free kick. Should have done better than that. Ball pops up, bounces off his face, and the defense standing flat-footed expecting their keeper to grab it. And uh, Jesus Medina, the only one paying attention, he runs up and hits it into the back of the net. And uh, Alex Bono's struggles continue for TFC. Jay Jardim, as we're speaking about TFC, how's it going, Jay? Thanks for jumping on, man. And uh, yes, it was completely horrible. Here's Brother BKL. This is why the ref blow and there's no one to win. It should have us or them win. You know, it was uh, it, it should have been New York City. They deserved the three points in this one. David Gantar is a horrible ref. And I know during, uh, during the game, uh, a lot of people were talking smack about him. And you know what? That guy, I'm surprised he's still a referee. Back in 2014, I went to a game in Chicago, TFC against the fire. And, uh, he had one of the worst calls in the history of MLS on uh, De Rosario uh, ended up scoring a goal to give TFC the win. It was in a playoff push there in 2014 and uh, just a horrible, horrible decision. And David Gantar has continued to be horrible since 
that time since he came into the league. How this man is still a referee, I have no idea. The controversy in this one was the kick out by Bono. He was getting ready to blast the ball up the field. Medina was right there in front of him. Jumps up. It bounces. The ball hits off the back of Medina's head, goes backwards, and goes into the net to score. But David Gantar blew the whistle before the ball went into the net and disallowed the goal. So I, you know, from, from where I am, I, uh, you know, I think that should have been a goal. I mean, if you're going to not blow the whistle for, uh, for that and, and let players get in the way of the goalies when they're blowing, when they're kicking the ball up the field, then that should have counted as a goal. Now for me personally, I hate that. I think that uh, the goalkeepers should uh, be able to uh, have at least a few feet around them, kind of like in uh, football with the fair catch rule, uh, to be able to get their kick off. But uh, that's not the case. And this one robbed. New York City robbed, and their coach even said it, uh, and and all their fans feel that way. It was uh, a very, very sad state of affairs in New York City. But TFC gets the point on the road. Uh, a good result for them. So Teldo looks pretty decent. He uh, he played well on the small field of Yankee Stadium. And uh, NYCFC fans, make sure you stick around. We'll be talking about soccer-specific stadiums towards the end of the show. And uh, man, oh man, that, that field in New York City, just horrid, just horrid. All right, next game up. Los Angeles Galaxy against Austin FC. 2-0 victory for LA Galaxy. They keep on rolling. They get the victory through goals from Sebastian Legette as well as Chicharito. The man just keeps on scoring. Every single week except for one, he has put one home. And, uh, man, this <laughs> LA Galaxy team just keeps getting results, keeps getting three points. They are now second in the table, only behind Seattle Sounders, who... Just continue to win like crazy. Um, but uh, John Weichel is on. How you doing, man? Glad to see you. Jay says, how NYCFC has got away with playing in that pitch for this long is BS. I completely agree, Jay. And we'll talk more about that at the end of the show with the uh, soccer-specific stadiums. Um, so LA Galaxy at home over Austin. Austin is definitely cooled off. They were playing better. Uh, they started out, uh, you know, like an expansion team. They got a couple good victories, and now they've kind of chilled out a bit. LA Galaxy, keep on doing it. A couple big tests coming up for them over the next few weeks. So it should be interesting to see how they do against the better teams because uh, that's one thing that we noticed. They laid an egg against Seattle. So when they're playing a good team, are they going to be able to play up to standards and, and be one of the best teams in the Western Conference? Only time will tell. A lot of people jumping on the bandwagon now for the Galaxy already. I'm not one of those people. I love Greg Vanny. I love Victor Vasquez. I think he's going to do big things in L.A. However, I'm not jumping crazy quite yet. Give me a little bit more of a sample size, and then I will, uh, I'll, I'll feel better about my thoughts there. All right, so now going to the uh, Atlanta versus Montreal. This game, a late, late winner by Marcelino Moreno in 90 plus four in front of 40,000 fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. A beautiful sight to be seen. Fans back in the building and fully 
a full capacity crowd, and yet the Canadian team still won't even let their teams play in their country. That's how screwed up this whole situation is. Uh, but Atlanta, a great moment for Atlanta to get that victory, last-minute victory over Montreal. one nothing. Marcelino Moreno. Uh, the stats in this one, fairly even. Uh, in this game, for uh, for a uh, for a game, uh, possession was all Atlanta, uh, but the shots 10-10 and shots on goal were two-two. So um, definitely, uh, definitely an even game, even though the possession was way out of whack. Um, Brother BKL says LA Galaxy came out again because is all thanks to Chicharito. Here we go again, right? Troy Palomalu, welcome to MLS. Harry Kane. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's happening. Uh, but Atlanta United with the victory over CF Montreal, are they finally starting to turn the turn the page, turn that corner, get into being a better team, um, and finally coming together right under their new coach Gabriel Heinze, uh, with Marce- Marcelino Moreno, Sosa, some of these other players. Uh, they definitely have some room to grow, and I think we're starting to see that now with Atlanta United. Should be interesting to see how they continue if they continue with these good results, especially at home in front of uh, in front of a lot of fans at home. All right, next up we have Philadelphia and the Red Bulls. Another low scoring game in this one. Good God, the low scoring games just are all over the place. When you look at it on the Saturday games, you had eight games. Only one of them qualified for the over. Only one out of eight qualified for over. That never happens in MLS. Never happens in MLS. Philadelphia with a one nothing victory over the New York Red Bulls. Corey Burke with the goal in the ninth minute. And uh, the Red Bulls, their only note on the uh, on the score sheet is a Drew Yearwood red card in 90 plus two. Philly gets it done at home, finally getting that home victory. It's uh, their first in about like five tries. So uh, maybe Philly starting to turn the corner, especially at home. Uh, but New York Red Bulls, a valiant effort, uh, but losing one nothing to Philly in a uh, a hotly contested Eastern Conference matchup. Speaking of the teams in uh, speaking of Minnesota and getting home victories, uh, hadn't had a victory yet at home until this week. They get the midweek victory against Vancouver. Well, they do it again. One nothing victory over FC Dallas. Robin Lode in the 90th plus four minute, the second time in this week that we had a team uh, score in stoppage time for a one nothing victory in uh, in this one. Minnesota two victories in a row. Maybe that gets Adrian Heath off the uh, off the hot seat. I don't think it does. I need to see more from him. Uh, once they're back in playoff contention, maybe I'll say he's off the hot seat. But until then, I don't think uh, I don't think that's the case. Rocky does it all is on. How you doing, Rocky? Nobody has the budget for Kane. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we're seeing. Uh, I don't think we're seeing Harry Kane. However, we uh, it was another story I'll be talking about at the end of the show about uh, possible uh, old star coming to MLS, which I'm kind of done with uh with these old stars and mls talk so uh look out for that one colorado and houston the only game that did qualify for the over colorado three one over houston vines rubio and bassett the goals all before the 42nd minute christian ramirez in the 39th for houston and uh colorado 
what team the the inconsistency. I think that's what's really screwing with me the most right now. Um, in in MLS is the inconsistency. That is what's so hard to uh, to tell these teams. You're, you're not out outside of really. I mean, the Galaxy outside of Seattle. Um, you're not seeing a a very consistent te- teams. It, especially the Eastern Conference is wide open. There's nobody that's consistent in the East. In the West, you have like two or three teams. That's it. Everybody else, you never know what you're going to get week to week, game to game. They're either going to show up and play great, or they're going to show up and play like trash. It's just, I mean, it's it's a shit show out there. But uh, Colorado gets the 3-1 victory and uh, gets continues to move along up the table there in the West. Uh, now, a good question here. ATX Anthony, quick question. Who do you think will win the Gold Cup? Let's get to that one at the end of the episode. Uh, I've got a couple other topics to chat on uh, after our recap here. Um, and then... Uh, Daniel Young, NYCFC, finally making a signing. Yes, that is on the notes as well. Young Brazilian kid rumored to be signing for NYCFC. That could be a huge signing for them. Rocky says, uh, I thought Barrios and Abubakar would have made a bigger impact. Who'd have made a bigger impact. Yep, uh, Barrios and uh, Abubakar are, are good players. Uh, Barrios coming from FC Dallas to Colorado. Uh I thought, yeah, I, I agree. I thought Barrios would do more for uh, for Colorado, but uh, overall, not horde. Still early in the season for that. All right, guys, while we've got a second, check out that join button down below. We offer our memberships here on Sons of a Pitch YouTube community. We've got the starter level at $1.99. Get your name featured in the scroll running below me. Loyalty badges and custom emojis. For $4.99 a month, the designated player category. All the starter perks, plus your members over only lives, discounted merchandise, and your name in the description. Um, and then we have our brand new all-star membership. $9.99 a month, all the designated player perks, plus members-only betting advice video once per week, giving you my picks for the over-under in every single game, as well as one prop bet per game. Hit big time on the uh, props at the end of the week last week. And uh, our first members-only live, as voted on by the fans, and the designated players and higher had the vote in this one. LAFC hosting the Rapids members only. So you must be a DP level or higher to join the party that night. Here is the poll. You get to vote on it every month. I'll put a poll out saying which game you guys can vote. One vote for Portland and LA Galaxy. Three votes for LAFC in Colorado. Next month will be more. We've got uh, nine or so designated players and all-star members. So we should have a higher vote total next week uh, or next month. So make sure you guys, if you're not a member, make make sure you're a member so you can hang out with us for this one on Saturday night at 9.30 Central Standard Time. Then we'll also be uh, giving my exclusive members only over, under, and props bet for week six for all all-star members coming out Wednesday or Thursday. And then since we're on it, the schedule for the week, Nashville SC against Austin FC on Sunday night. That will be our live. That one will be wide open to the public for everyone. Uh, and Nashville against Austin, an expansion team last year against the expansion team this year should be fun. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Turn on that notification bell so you don't miss any time we go live for watch along hangouts, picks and predictions, all that good stuff. 
All right. So moving down the list, a few more games to cover. RSL, uh, RSL and Nashville. Look, guys, nothing to talk about in this game. 0-0 zero, zero draw. RSL can't get anything done. A few yellow cards. Outside of that, nothing exciting. Uh, Nashville continues to get draws. This team just draws after draw after draw after draw after draw. San Jose and the Portland Timbers. The Timbers go on the road, get a big-time victory over San Jose, one of the surprising teams in the Western Conference. Uh, Portland threw Jimmy Chara in the fifth minute, Marvin Loria in the 74th. Uh, get the victory over San Jose, 2-0. A very good showing for Portland. Definitely needed uh, definitely needed that uh, that victory there since uh, getting knocked out of the Champions League from Club America and starting to get a little bit, uh, you know, the results uh, get losing to their rivals, Seattle, all that. But uh, there you go. Ketterer stops Wando. Nice, nice. Aaron Soto, how you doing, man? be talking about uh, Orlando in just a minute when uh, we discuss their DC and Orlando game uh, almost there. Thanks for jumping on. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Um, all right. So Portland, good victory there for them. And uh, we'll see how they, if they'll be able to continue on with that sporting Kansas city and the Vancouver Whitecaps, three, nothing sporting Kansas city with the victory here. Uh, Kansas city, just complete domination, utter domination over Vancouver. Dude, Vancouver Whitecaps, what the hell is going on? When when are they firing Mark DeSantos? When is it happening? This team is not good enough, period. They have tons of talent. They've spent a lot of money. It seems like they can never get a solid core together there. Something is going on there, and I, I, I've always wanted to give MDS the uh, the benefit of the doubt and you know say, hey, he's, he's give him some time. He's putting together his team's. But he puts together a team, they're trash, and then he goes and he, he he moves off from four or five players, brings in four or five more, and it's too much movement, not enough consistency out of Vancouver, and uh, this team is, is not good enough, period. So um, Vancouver just gets crushed. Daniel Shallowy with the goal in the 28th, Polito from the penalty spot in the 32nd, and then in the 58th minute as well, a brace for Alan Polito. He is picking up the scoring there for Sporting Kansas City. And uh, KC, very tough to beat at home. Vancouver just can't do a damn thing. Catherine, how's it going, Catherine? Thanks for jumping on here tonight. Glad to see you back from the live the other uh, the other night. And, uh, yeah, Vancouver, when's it happening? It's time. MDS, got to go. I've been giving the man a lot of time. It's time to go. Cincinnati and Miami. The opener for TQL Stadium, brand new soccer-specific stadium in the West End, gorgeous stadium. Watched most of this game, very, very nice stadium. Unfortunately, can't say the same about that team. My God, Cincinnati. I tried to give them, I, I rode I rode the horse. I'm like, all right, they're going into the new stadium. They're going to get that new stadium bounce, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going for it. They're going to win that game over Miami because, let's. I mean, let's be honest. Miami's not that good. I was wrong. I was wrong. Cincinnati, they can't fight their way out of a paper bag. This team, you know, a lot starting to get a lot of talk here. This team has spent a ton of money. They just bring in Jeff Cameron back from England. He wasn't cheap. He's not coming cheap. Uh, you know, they've spent over $15 million, one of the highest payrolls in MLS because of their DP signs, obviously. 
outside of MLS, the numbers when when you're talking about that, it's because of the DP signings. It's the DP signing with uh, with Brenner, big deal. What the hell? Why is this team losing consistently every single week? Uh, this team can't win. I don't get it. Jabstam, is it the coach? I don't really like European coaches uh, in MLS. I think they should go with an American coach. Um, usually the, the European guys don't succeed that well. The odd one will here and there. But I don't know what it is in Cincinnati, man. I, they've got a brand-new stadium. They've got to figure it out. They've got to figure something out because this team – this this city and these fans deserve a hell of a lot better. Yes, the stadium's nice. But when you're going to a stadium to watch your team get their ass kicked every single night, it's no fun. Uh, so I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them, but uh a valiant effort, I guess. Uh, you know, they they did lose only by one, three to two to Miami. Gonzalo Higuain with the double named player of the week in MLS. Come on, MLS, you're you're reaching. You're reaching for the stars on that one. Gonzalo Higuain in the 85th minute gets the winner uh, after Hagelin tied it up in the 82nd. But, uh, yes, there's McCamps. How you doing, man? Thanks for jumping on. Watch most of the Cincinnati match. Feel bad for FCC. I feel bad for their fans. Uh, it, it's it's ugly. And this team, hopefully, they're, uh, hopefully things will start turning around for them. Because you've got the brand new stadium, and God, I just hope uh, I hope it's better. Uh, <laughs> go, don't you see? See it? Cincinnati is trying to lose every game so that they can get the first overall draft pick. Yeah, right. Yeah, you saw what happened with the first overall draft pick when they came into the league. Frankie Amaya did nothing for him, and now he's gone. They moved him, and now the guy's over there scoring goals for the New York Red Bulls. So. Uh, I wish uh, that was the case, Troy, but uh, yeah, no, nobody cares about the super draft in MLS. Nobody at all. So, uh, but good one there. Good one. Aaron, Aaron says facts. <laughs> uh, all right. So enough of that TQL stadium. We'll talk more about that. The, uh, the soccer specific stadium chat that we'll have in a little bit, new England and Columbus, new England gets the victory. Another late goal and another one, nothing scoreline. Jesus Christ. The unders, my God. I'm thinking I'm going to pick under for every single matchup next week. I may, I might just have to do it. I might just have to do it. New England Revs, one nothing. Adam Buxa, designated player, gets the goal in the 86th. Columbus Crew, now losers of two straight road games this week. Is it panic time in Columbus? I don't think so. Not yet. I'm not panicking yet. I'm not a Columbus fan, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's time to panic quite yet. This team is a good team. They have a ton of talent. These were two away games. They're not playing the best after their little mini CCL run after getting smashed by Monterey. But the rebrand is definitely adding fuel to the fire for the fans. But they're the crew to me. So uh, we'll see. And there you go. Aaron says uh, Columbus so overrated. Only real win they got was Seattle in the final. And uh, Brother BKL Columbus SC became trash again because that thanks to that logo and the crew out name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Columbus is a good team. They've got some good talent, some good players, uh, but they they've got they've got some work to do this season. They're they need to put it all together. And uh, these new signings, you, you kind of screwed with the uh, with the chemistry of that group. And uh, I, I think I, I'm with you, Jay. I, I think they will find their way. They've got too much talent. Lucas Elorayan is one of the better players in MLS. Uh, you've got uh, Pedro Santos. The guy can't hit the broadside of a barn, but uh, he's got speed, creates fouls. Uh, Dominic Oduro, 
2.0 is uh, and Kakuta Mane 2.0 is, is kind of what I think of uh, Pedro Santos, although not as quick as Kakuta Mane. Um, but yeah, Columbus will be okay. Eloy Room, they're, they're solid at the back with Jonathan Mensa. Uh, they'll be fine. So give it time, fans. I know you're frustrated about rebrand, but uh, you know what? As long as we keep calling them the crew, as long as we keep floating that uh, that logo out there. Everything will be okay. Uh, all right, next up, DC and Orlando. Hey, look at that. Yet again, another one nothing game. This time, one nothing for Orlando. Pereira with the goal in the uh, in the seventh minute. Very, very early. Had the prop bet in this one. The halftime score to be Orlando 1, DC 0. And that was a very nice bet win there. I think it was like plus 350 odds or plus 450 odds. That one was nice. DC United. It's going to take a lot of time for DC United. They just don't have the talent. Edison Flores has been a bust, even though he did score this week since he came over from um, from Morelia, Monacos Morelia in Liga MX. But uh, DC United, Hernan Losada, is he going to be a good coach? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't see it. Orlando, they just keep winning. They keep winning, and their defense looks amazing. Uh, Aaron, here you go. Aaron, Orlando, baby. Hey, you know what, Aaron? I'm uh, I'm feeling Orlando, man. They are uh, they're playing really, really well right now, and they're playing well defensively. That's I mean, that is key. Galese looks great in goal. The back line looks solid, uh, and then there's the scoring touch as well. Uh, not much, but enough, and getting those goals out of the midfield. Uh, and Nani is is playing like uh, like a beast right now. So. Orlando City, I, I like them a lot. I think they're one of the uh, the more consistent teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, and the, with Columbus faltering, with Toronto FC faltering, with Atlanta still kind of trying to rebuild and 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 get that chemistry going, um, Orlando City has an opportunity to really, without a number nine too, yeah, right, exactly, with, with Pato out, uh, no DK, you know, still on low with Barnsley. Um, but, yeah, I mean uh, – I think uh, I think Orlando's for real, and uh, I think uh, it's time to really start paying attention. I love Oscar Pereja as coach. As soon as they signed him, I knew it was going to be big things for that club, and uh, I'm happy that that club's doing well because it was a very long run. Not as not as long as my TFC, but very long. Um, and there you go, McCamps. The, the more you say Orlando, the more I fear them. Yeah, they're, they're looking good. They really are, uh, and, and they're not. And they're, and they're not like they're not this superstar overpowering team. Where you're like, wow, you know, oh man, look at who's coming. You got Chicharito and and all. No, you know, it's not the star power that gets it for Orlando. It's good team play. It's Oscar Pereja's coaching. It's the youth. It's the speed. It's the strength and defense and uh, putting it all together. And uh, yeah, there you go. When Nani keeps his emotions in check, he is a dangerous player because he's focused. Yes, uh, and you were talking about he's 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 playing himself into a possible look for the the Portugal team at least a pipe dream at least, but uh, yeah, overall looking very, very good. So Orlando city, look out y'all They're uh, They're coming. And I hate that Toronto FC is playing them next. Cause they're going to lose. Uh, all right. Last game of the week was Seattle and LAFC. We were live here on sons of a pitch. What a turnout. Great, great turnout. Thanks for all the support last night during that live picked up a couple new members, picked up. So uh, just super chats flying left and right and uh, huge support for sons of a pitch. Love it. Thank you guys. But man, Seattle, dude, what's that? Uh, that DJ Khaled song. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. That's Seattle. All they freaking do is win. Period. This team, no Ladero, no Stefan Fry. And they dominate LAFC like LAFC wasn't even there. LAFC did nothing in this game. Two goals 
by guys who you would not expect to get goals. Ariaga uh, getting getting a goal. Then Brad Smith, who's been scoring like he's a friggin' striker, um, just playing extremely well. I mean, yeah, LAFC held possession, but watching that game, you never felt like LAFC had a chance outside of like 20 minutes in the first half. Seattle at the top of the table, 16 points, I believe it is, already, and they've had Nico Ladero for like a game and a half. Scary, scary stuff from Seattle. There you go, Jay. Freaking Seattle, man. Totally. Uh, looking very, very good. Um, not uh I, I don't I don't want to face Seattle at all. And there's no way you can pick against them right now, especially how they're playing. So there's our recap for week five uh and, and all of the action, midweek as well as weekend. And uh, you know what? It's time for winners and losers. And speaking of the Seattle Sounders, they are my first winner of the uh of the day. Uh, McCann says my prediction is Seattle wins supporter shield this season, but will be knocked out in the postseason. Interesting. Interesting. Especially Seattle, how they, uh, how they show up in the postseason. brother BKL Seattle Sounders go after again, and LAFC don't know what's going on with them. Management needs to snap out of it and quit a Vela injury. Yep. Vela did make his return for LAFC. So that is good for them. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, all right. Seattle Sounders, my first winner of the, uh, of the week. For sure. Second winner, Chicharito in the Galaxy. I mean, this team keeps on plugging away. Uh, plugging away. They're nipping at the heels of the Sounders. And uh, the only team, really, that's that's even close to the Sounders in that perspective. So uh, they are my second winner. Third winner, goalkeepers in MLS. 16 out of 20 games this week had clean sheets. 16. That is unheard of. Unheard of. In MLS, when there's a 20-game week, the average is usually about seven to eight clean sheets. 16, double that. Insane. Insane. Troy's got Seattle winning the MLS Super Bowl. Who doesn't, man? Take, go, go out on a limb there, Troy. Take, take a risk, would you? <laughs> um, all right, moving to the losers. David Gantar and pro referees. David Gantar, a horrible showing against uh, in his match there for Toronto FC and New York City. Horrible, horrible game. And pro referees, why can't we have better in this league? Why can't we have nice things in MLS? Why are we not using CONCACAF refs? I know CONCACAF refs aren't much better, but dear God, get do your job and do it better. Like, this is ridiculous. Why are pro referees as bad as they are? Another loser, the Chicago Fire still, still. I mean, this team cannot get out of a wet paper bag. They're horrible, absolutely horrible. Raphael Wicke sits on the sidelines, staring off into space, has no ideas, no creativity, no nothing. Frank Klopas runs that team, and uh, it's horrible, horrible. And uh, then the third loser, you're spot on there, Jay, and uh, I hate to do it because I love him. Alex Bono, uh, I prefer him over Q, but he just keeps having gaff after gaff and can't sustain that. I mean – he is a better he is a better shot stopper than Q by a little bit, not by much, not by much. But dude, the, the gaffes are, are killing him. They're just killing him and killing the team as well. So luckily the fight back and the, and the referee being an idiot and letting us get the one-one draw. But Alex Bono, a loser this week in week five. All right. Now moving to the next segment here, let's talk a little bit about the uh, soccer-specific stadiums in MLS. So 
During the live last night, we had a good conversation get started about soccer specific stadiums and um, how the growth is really, really starting to turn up. And you've had a lot of new stadiums come in over the last few years with PayPal Park in San Jose, DC United getting uh, Audi Field. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of these soccer specific stadiums. Now, TQL Stadium, obviously, Inter Miami and Fort Lauderdale with their temporary home, but it's still a soccer specific stadium. Um, MLS, I mean, remember, these this is a league where 10 years ago, 15 years ago, max there was only a few, like two or three soccer specific stadiums. You had Columbus crew, historic crew stadium, which they're moving into a new one, uh, a new, so they're in like second generation soccer specific stadiums. And, uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, TQL opening up now, Austin with, with Q2 park, uh, a lot of really nice stadiums coming into the league. And I think it's time to have this little bit of a debate because it was interesting talking about the Sounders and Lumen Field playing there in the Sounders Stadium. Now, look, Seattle has amazing fans. There's no doubting that. That atmosphere is amazing still in that huge football stadium. Now, if you made that a more intimate setting, wouldn't that be better? If you put a 50,000-seat specific soccer-specific stadium in Seattle, don't you think that would be a better atmosphere than Lumen Field and guys jump in on the chat. Like let's, let's get the conversation started about these, uh, these, these soccer specific stadiums. Um, for me, I think we should, I think that like Atlanta United, a great market. Yes. They can pull 40 to 70,000 per game. They should be in a soccer specific stadium. The Benz is amazing. Yes. But why are we playing? Um, why are we playing in a football stadium on turf? Why are we not playing in grass? Um, and, and there you go, Troy, for sure. Seattle is a team that actually deserves their own stadium. Jay says, I think 30,000 is realistic for Seattle. See, I think that's a little small for them. I think they would probably, uh, post COVID era, um, and pre COVID era, you know, back when in, in real life, when everybody's not, you know, worrying about a virus, um, I could see, you know, them easily hitting 40,000 per week. Um, you know, Atlanta, and then you've got Chicago as well. They were in their soccer-specific stadium in Bridgeview. Now they're moving to Soldier Field, a football stadium. Um, but for me, what's uh, the kicker there is that's that's downtown and the suburbs. It, that's a whole different category of uh, of things. But why why are we kind of going backwards to the '90s and early 2000s um, when you're you know, you're going back to these football stadiums. Look at Charlotte coming into the league. They're they're going to play out of Charlotte uh, where the Panthers play, Bank of America Stadium. Um, a lot of a lot of these teams are start are playing in these football stadiums, and 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 I I want to know everybody's thoughts on this. I think every team in MLS should should have a soccer specific stadium. That's my thinking. It's better for the growth of the league. Um, you you just don't. You, you just don't see it in any other countries around the world. But they don't have American football. Um, they, their, their NFL stadiums are for soccer, but uh, you know, a good point here from a camps. Uh, I remember seeing something about NFL adding smart turf or something to help NFL players, but that stuff hurts MLS plays. Um, yes, that one um, definitely uh, it's, it's like a synthetic field and whatnot. Uh, and, and that hurts the, the play for soccer. I mean, in, in football, the, the, the grass is there. It, it's not 
the ball is not rolling on the grass. Like obviously for fumbles and things like that, it is, but for, for football, American football, the ball's not the, the game isn't affected by that turf and in soccer it is. Um, So Jay says, uh, if Seattle and the Sounders are owned by the same guy, I don't think the owner will dish out the money. Yeah. I I don't see it happening, but I I think it should. I mean, I think it should happen. Um, and what's Portland's capacity? They're uh, they're close. They're close to thirty, aren't they? They're like 20, 24 to twenty six. They're in the mid twenties, I believe. But yeah, it does look big. They just expanded it with that uh, that new stand that goes way high, but not a ton of seats. It's only like 10, 12 rows in each of the four levels, plus some suites. But uh, yeah, Portland. Uh, it's a soccer specific stadium. It used to be a baseball stadium back in the day, but uh, it's soccer specific now. And and they, and they join the ranks of a lot of other teams that are soccer soccer specific stadiums. Uh, and, and, and great soccer specific stadiums. Um, and there you go. Yep. 25 to 18. I thought it was bigger. It looks bigger. It really does. It, it looks bigger, but yeah, it's not, it's not. Um, and there you go. Turf or grass doesn't seem to help TFC in the injury situation. It doesn't, it, it, there are more injuries on this synthetic turf, uh, or on Astro turf or like what you see in, in, uh, Seattle, that type of turf, y- you do see more injuries, but then again, there's less injuries for Seattle. That's more of a management issue in Toronto. That's their problem, not not necessarily the turf they play on. But overall, my thoughts is, uh, you know, look, I, I think we need to see more every every single team going for that soccer specific stadium in MLS, and uh, it's it is uh, you know, it is Sebastian says uh, Europe is starting to like the MLS stadiums. Totally. I mean, MLS is, is, is growing like crazy. Every team needs to have their own building period. That's where we have to head to. That's what I'm thinking. And, and, and yeah, NYCFC is a joke. I was waiting for someone to bring that up because if I'm watching Yankee stadium in a game and I'm, if I'm, if I'm a European fan, I swear to God, if I'm watching that game, I'm like, where are they playing? What is this? Like, what is going on here? This is this is unreal. Um, New York City playing at Yankee Stadium is is unreal. They they have gotten away with it for too long. They they need to be moved out of there. They need to find a stadium situation in the city. I understand it's New York City. It's hard, but they've got to figure something out. They've got to get out of there because. It is bad for the league. It is bad for the players. I mean, these teams, when they're playing on it, it's a totally different game, totally different game. And uh, not to mention um, injuries. Look at that. That turf just flies up over the infield. I mean, just it, it's horrible. And, and yeah, there you go. New York is a big name city worldwide. And when you see it, it's an absolute joke. Totally, totally. Uh, David Day, how's it going? Says, honestly, what is the point of pro-rel in MLS specifically? People pretend that they care. Um, that's a whole nother ballgame, man, pro-rel. Uh, and, and you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, – maybe maybe we should do some type of episode about pro-rel that I should launch on my vacation when, uh, when I'm out in July traveling through the country in uh, the middle of nowhere having no Wi-Fi. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, pro-rel is, uh, is, is a whole nother topic. And uh, – People do pretend that they care, uh, but it would be a uh, it would be different. Uh, it would be totally different world for the fans if there was pro rel. But uh, Sebastian says, uh, "Where is DSO when you need him?" Right? <laughs> yeah, ATX Anthony. I know this is off topic, uh, but I live close to Q2 Stadium. Nice. That's yep. I remember you saying that. That's awesome. Um, and uh, good profile picture, by the way. Um, 
you know, it, it's uh, it, it looks like a really nice stadium. I can't wait to uh, to to see that in action, and uh, I, I want to get to all these stadiums for sure. Isaiah, how's it going, man? Thanks for jumping on. And uh, yeah, so soccer specific stadiums. I say the goal is every single team gets their own soccer specific stadium by twenty. 26 when the world cup happens but obviously that's a little bit too close say 2030 let's go 2030 make it happen but i don't see it happening for some of these clubs like atlanta like seattle and uh, and whatnot um sebastian pro rel is what gives other markets a chance to win that's what needs to happen it's funny you're either way for pro rel or you're way against pro rel there is no in between nobody's like eh whatever nobody is it's crazy but uh, North American owners don't want that risk. I, I agree. But uh, when when is it more important for the league to uh, to be more successful than uh, than that? But again, it, that's that's the risk you take as being an owner too. So Jose Gonzalez, what's going on, man? Checking in. How you doing? And uh, hey, there you go. He's all for pro rel. All right. And uh, Sebastian says, no, not for Atlanta and Seattle for the uh, soccer-specific stadiums. Okay, that's that's the talk. I mean, the Benz is beautiful. Lumen Field is a great, great atmosphere, but uh, I'm for it. I am all for it. Uh, and then David Day says, what markets? Tulsa, Fresno, a lot of USL markets, a lot of good USL markets for sure uh, that, that would be willing to come up. But uh, there you go. We all should uh, we should still have a salary cap, but it should be raised to $25 million. Agreed. I, I would say even possibly even higher maybe 30, 35, uh, and increasing probably about 5 million a year over the next 10. Um, it's time to stop screwing around. If we want to compete on, a, on at least in a North American stage, we need to start spending some money. Um, and that, and there you go. Um, all right. So, um, then, uh, let's, uh, let's move along from that one, a couple news and notes to touch on. Uh, we've got, uh, New York city FC in pursuit of Tales Magno, an $8.8 million player uh, valuation, at least. Uh, deal is a, a rumored around $12 million. Youth International for Brazil apparently is being, uh, is being touted by Liverpool. Seems to be a very special player. Uh, plays for Vasco da Gama in Brazil in Serie B. Uh, but Vasco da Gama has been in Serie A for a while. Uh, and yes, Sebastian, good, good call there in Louisville city, a very good market with their own soccer specific stadium as well in USL. So that's cool. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, looks like to be, look, could be a big time player as a youth DP. Thanks to brother BKL for, uh, for that information there. Uh, appreciate you sending that over today via Instagram. And, uh, speaking of New York city FC, the, the Victor Castellanos saga is finally over. Will he stay? Will he go? Will he stay in five-year contract extension signed earlier in the week? And, uh, man, it's a good thing because he's a hell of a player, and I'm glad he's sticking around to uh, help New York City succeed. Um, all right. Let, next up, we've got uh, some US MNT news. Reggie Cannon could be on his way to Spezia in uh, – in Syria from Boa Vista in Portugal. Sounds like he's going to get moved to, uh, to Syria, which could be huge for his development as well as for future Americans playing in Syria could, uh, could be a big move. And uh, I'd be excited for that for sure. So uh, hopefully that happens. Uh, Reggie Cannon. I was a little bit critical of the move to Boa Vista because I didn't think it was quite good enough, uh, going to the, uh, the league in Portugal, but, uh, We'll see how he does in Spezia 
in Syria playing against some of those guys uh, in that league. All right. Lastly, uh, want to talk a little bit about the gold cup uh, ATX. Anthony had asked a question earlier about uh, the, the gold cup. I can't wait for the gold cup. The schedule did just get announced for the gold cup a few, a uh, few days ago, the 13th. And uh, the U S is going to be playing uh, in the group stage against winner of the prelims on Sunday, July 11th. Then uh, the uh, second game will be Martinique against the U S in July 15th in Kansas city all of the USA games in Kansas city. Uh, and then you've got the USA versus Canada game on Sunday, July 18th. I think the, the U S will do well in the uh, gold cup. I think the gold cup is still a two team tournament. It'll be interesting this year with having the nation's league a, a month prior to this and already having um, already having, the coaches come out and say, we're going to have two different rosters for these tournaments. Sounds like the nation's league is going to be the big time focus. And then you're going to have, um, you're going to have the gold cup kind of be that second tier of players. Now uh, for that, I still think with that second tier of players, it's between the U S and Mexico. And uh, I think if it is those second tier of players, I still think Mexico has us beat the, in that route. Now, one top to bottom uh, overall talent, I think the U.S. has more. Overall in their first teams, I think I, I would love to see a competitive U.S.-Mexico match with all of their first teams, the European players. And Isaiah says, can't wait to go to the Nations League. I'm really, I'm fingers crossed, everybody. USA-Mexico Nations League final with their best 11s. That would be badass to really see when you know, and, and how the league is coming along and how the, the team is coming along. USMNT is coming along. I, I would love to see it. Really hope it happens. Sebastian says, when's that? That is uh, June 3rd are the semifinal matches, and then June 6th is the final. So uh, Isaiah is going to be there nice and close to uh, to his house. So good stuff there. Uh, can't wait for that one. Should be fun. But Gold Cup, it's, it's a two-horse race. Probably Mexico, if it's the second-tier teams, would be my guess. But we'll do more in-depth on that when we get there. Last thing I want to touch on before we get going, since we're almost at that hour mark, um, can I just, I, 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 I need to go on another little bit of a rant here. MLSsoccer.com, please stop with the crap, okay? Luis Suarez report. Luis Suarez says he wants to come play in the U.S. when his contract expires, June 30th of 2022. Shut the hell up. Who cares? Who cares? We're past that part of the league. We are way past that crap. There is no reason that we should, this should even be on the front page of MLSsoccer.com. Period. Period. I mean, this is a joke. Luis Suarez is a shell of what he used to be. Not even close to what he used to be. If he came to MLS right now, he wouldn't even be the best striker in the league. Right now. Stop with the crap. Nobody cares about that. This is not 2010. 10 years ago, that would have been a big deal. Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants the, the big time names to come over. Well, we had enough of that with Andrea Pirlo come over to NYCFC and just take a little walk around the field, uh, you know, and then uh, having somebody like, you know, Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard and uh, these guys come over. Come on. I mean, it's 
it's horrible. I, it, it's horrible. Um, and and <laughs> Jay says, I don't know, man. He would do damage here right now. I don't think so. I don't think he would. Uh, we we got to get past all this crap of uh, bringing these old guys over from uh, from Europe when they're you know when they're 35, 36 years old. We're done with that. Well, let's keep bringing in the young South American kids, the young. Let's keep bringing up these young Americans, getting them to play for MLS teams, and uh, forget about this stuff with uh, with these old ass players. But that is it. I'm done with that. My rant. That's my rant for the night, guys. It's been a fun one. Uh, and there you go. I agree, Mike. All teams should have soccer stadiums and grass. Nice, Rocky. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And their brother BKL. Yes. Uh, there you go. Totally. Uh, Troy says, uh, there you go. Suarez to LAFC next to Vela. <laughs> All right. Uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Barca threw him to the side like a piece of trash, went to Atletico and had a good year. But you know what? It's funny because this is why this is why MLS soccer does it, right? Because we all talk about it. We're all talking about it. It gets everybody fired up and uh, it, it is, it, it's there. David says MLS versus league MX should do interleague games one week out of the season, team choice, opponent or home field. Ah, that'd be pretty cool. That's uh, I, I, that's a good idea there. I like that, David. Um, yeah, that would be, uh, I think, I think we might end up seeing some type of merge after the 2026 world cup or maybe right before it, it gets announced. It could happen. There's been some talk about it. Uh, that's a whole nother episode, just like pro rel, right? So, uh, all right guys, it's been fun. Thanks so much for hanging. Make sure you hit that like button down below. If you haven't done so already, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We'll be dropping picks and predictions coming out, uh, probably, uh, tomorrow at some point and, uh, as well. We'll see you for the uh, the live. If you're a member, All-Stars and designated players, we'll see you guys for LAFC and Colorado Rapids. If you're not a member, we'll see you on Sunday night, Nashville and Austin FC, and uh, it's going to be fun. All right, guys, we'll see you all soon. Have a great night and enjoy the rest of your week until we get some soccer towards the end. See you guys.